The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, I don't get very much into the technical stuff about how we put the show together. But we use a program that captures audio from Skype and from my audio mixer called Audio Hijack, which is available for the Mac OS platform, Apple's platform. And it has a feature called Denoise, where for three seconds it will sample the background noise in a recording session and minimize it, sometimes eliminate it. And our guest this week, Chris Rutkowski, having heard of this, had this response. It absolutely could be proof of reverse engineering from alien technology. Well, I'll take that overnight vision goggles any day. Good, good. And, and Velcro. Velcro. Yeah, what's interesting here, they've been laying down fiber optics here in Arizona because Google is going to put up its Google Fiber Internet service up to five gigabits. Whereas we uh, are benefiting from the Starlink satellites up here in Canada, where I think it's uh, 350 uh, installation and then 125 or 150 a month or something like that to get connected to Starlink for super duper high speed internet. So uh, <laughs> with all those Starlink satellites up there blocking out all the stars, you'd think they were good for something. So maybe uh, that's what we get out of it is good internet. Well, their super internet though is a lot slower than that. It's maybe one to 200. And the other problem is they increase the startup cost to something like 499 or 599. There's always a catch. There always is. There's never a way. You're not using Starlink, are you? No. However, we are going to be switching fairly soon because um, my uh, current internet is, is pretty expensive. Canada, by the way, is four to five times as expensive for internet uh, than most other countries, including the U.S. Why that is, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, uh, there's a big uproar and they're trying to get the prices down. So we'll see what happens. Well, they've made a big deal in this country, which is pretty scattered in some areas, too, where we have people who live in outlying rural areas have no high-speed Internet at all, and they have to put up if it's available with satellite. And that's why Starlink comes into play, because unlike the other Internet carriers like HughesNet, the latency isn't as bad, so it makes possible conversations like this. What are we talking about? You know, there was an article the other day that I caught, and I sent you a copy of it. 
and maybe since we're always talking about life in space, we can consider this. Planets without stars might have moons suitable for life. And I know you've just been exposed to the story, Chris Rudkowski, but you're the astronomy expert here. So what do you think? <laughs> well, in theory, uh, I have to agree because planets do get ejected from their star systems from time to time for whatever reason. Not quite Velikovsky, uh, you know, uh, ping pong balls or, or uh, billiard balls. You know, from time to time that will happen. And, uh, you know, Earth, for example, does rely very much uh, on the, the sun, our star, for heat. But it's true that, uh, you know, if there is some residual radioactivity inside the star or inside the planet, uh, which we still do have, of course, um, uh, giving us some nice magma and things like that, uh, the planet won't just freeze right away. It'll take some time to cool down. And so this article is suggesting that it could take uh, a billion years or so which might not be long enough for life to start from scratch, but if they had a head start, uh, it's possible. So in theory, uh, that the stars might have moons uh, and or satellites around them that, that could theoretically harbor life. Uh, not very many. I wouldn't imagine it's, it's the ideal situation. But uh, I suppose in theory, the mathematical modeling probably does show through. If we're looking for possibilities of life in outer space, though, it shows the opportunities for it are higher than maybe we would have thought of in the past. Yeah, I'd have to say, you know, the, I would say only a, like a, a very small percentage. Um, still, we do have to look, you know, for the standard for life uh, out there in the universe. It's very interesting right now. One of the big movies, I guess one of the all-time money-producing movies, Avatar, uh, the second one's out right now. The uh, premise of that, is that um, there is a planet uh, going around Alpha Centauri, or one of the Alpha, one of the Centauri uh, stars, which is the nearest star system to us, and around that planet is a moon, on which the uh, you know the whole premise of Avatar takes place. Now we haven't discovered uh, such a planet. We're still working on you know resolving things. Uh, around Alpha Centauri, but th it's very possible that there is a fairly large gas giant, you know, around Alpha Centauri or, or Beta or one of them, and that you know, given the what we know about stellar evolution and planetary evolution, there might be uh, a fairly large, significant uh, moon around that particular planet, certainly the size of Earth at least, and there could theoretically be life on it. So the premise of Avatar, despite whether you you know like the movie or not. I know a lot of people who really despise the movie, um, but the premise is actually fairly sound. So uh, it's it's you know think of, think of that in those terms if you do go to see the movie. So James Cameron may have a point with the Avatar series. I just worry about the Terminator. That is true. That is true. We have a lot more to worry about. You know, you know, as the Drake equation shows, uh, you know, it calculates how many uh, civilizations, uh, intelligent space-faring civilizations there are in our galaxy. And the, equa the equation uses a lot of factors, uh, including, you know, the rate of star formation in the galaxy, uh, how long it takes for uh, life to form, how long it takes for intelligent life to form, how long it takes for, uh, uh, you know, advanced civilizations to form. And then there's an interesting factor there uh, at the very end, called L, which is the length of time a civilization exists. 
And depending on what numbers you plug into this equation, you either get that the galaxy is literally teeming with extraterrestrial civilizations, or there are none. And um, in, in you know in advanced and intelligent civilizations. So I'd lean in the direction of the none for the most part, um, but uh, I, I would tend to think that the numbers could be small. And there's an argument to be made that we may you know be a you know one of the few intelligent advanced civilizations uh, in the galaxy, which is cause for worry and and uh, uh, you know so much for the for the uh, for the species in the neighborhood. Well, the other question is, of course, that we can maybe question the terms intelligent and advanced when we look at Earth. Absolutely. And the length of time a civilization is around. I mean, people are being a little pessimistic these days about, you know, um, nuclear uh, weapons in the hands of uh, some people who probably shouldn't have fingers on buttons. And, uh, you know, you're wondering, well, is it possible that uh, the length of time that a civilization is around is really only of the matter of, you know, 50 to 100 years, uh, spacefaring civilization. So that would mean that, you know, our days are numbered. Furthermore, um, some people have already raised the specter of AI, as you mentioned, Terminator, uh, that, you know, uh, another great movie uh, that, as a matter of fact, I just just got a copy of it, uh, Colossus, and there's it's sort of a version of the Forbin Project, where uh, an intelligent supercomputer literally takes over the world and decides to get rid of humans. Um, so it's very possible with the advent of AI, uh, if the AI decides that the best way for it to, uh, to survive is to get rid of the pesky jellyware that's all over the surface of the planet, um, then, you know, maybe the length of a civilization also is going to be fairly short. So uh, depending on what numbers you plug into the Drake equation, uh, we're either in good shape or not so good shape, which means we have no idea. Well, the other thing here, too, is we don't need to have a AI of some sort to do away with us. I think the way we're going, we can do it just as well ourselves. Chris Rutkowski, Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. 
If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. I know I need to pay attention to my health, but I just can't seem to find the time. Between rushing to work and taking care of the kids, there's not much time left over for me. So I decided to start small by eating more fruits and vegetables and being more active. And then I got the family to make some changes too. We started by keeping a bowl of fresh fruit on the counter and I limit the amount of sweet snacks I keep in the house. I've also found some creative ways to add more vegetables to our meals. We're taking more walks, and on the weekends, we head down to the pool at the rec center. It doesn't happen every day, but it does happen. You don't have to change your entire life to be healthier. Just make some simple changes and include your family. You'll see how easy and fun it can be. You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris, talking about, of course, the possibilities of life in outer space, and he says, depending on how you plug in a Drake equation, correct me if I'm wrong, it could be quite a few, very few, or somewhere in the Goldilocks middle. What's your perception? Well, I think it will be fairly few, just given uh, you know what we've seen to know about uh, stellar evolution and the evolution of uh, civilizations. You know, we only have one example to use as a model, 
albeit, you know, the one that we have, not necessarily the best one, but, you know, we're here, so we know it's possible for it to happen. Uh, A lot of people have argued that because we don't see absolute evidence uh, and proof of uh, other civilizations out there, you know, we don't see uh, interstellar uh, ships zipping around like like Rendezvous with Rama uh, illustrated and things like that. You know, maybe there's something going on. This has been uh, described uh, by a number of scientists, the uh, the great regulator or something that somehow stops civilizations after they get to a certain point, whether it be something within them uh, through politics, through technology or outside influences. We simply don't know. I know that there was some calculations about von Neumann machines. Now, von Neumann machines are self-replicating interstellar craft that uh, were speculated by this brilliant scientist named von Neumann. Um, and he suggested that a civilization would get to a point where rather than sending people out there, the most efficient way to colonize the galaxy would be to uh, get an AI, stick it on board a machine, uh, and uh, then put the machine on board a, a spacecraft traveling around the galaxy. And it would, you know, uh, it would keep on uh, stopping at various planets. It would continue replicating itself. And the speculation was, and the calculation was that within a very short time, astronomically speaking, a matter of, you know, tens of thousands of years, perhaps hundreds of thousands of years, the entire galaxy would be filled with these machines uh, that, you know, come from a particular civilization. And given that the galaxy has been around for a very, very long time, why has that not happened? Why do we not see, you know, hundreds of thousands of new machines zipping around here and there? Um, that does raise some interesting questions. Uh, are they out there and we simply don't see them? Are they, in fact, you know, the UFOs that, uh, you know, are rumored to be seen pretty well everywhere? I don't know. But, you know, people have speculated, uh, and, you know, everybody remembers the, the classic quote by Enrico Fermi, who, when asked about where all the civilizations were out there, he, he agreed. He said, so where are they? As some people interpret uh, what he said, by the way, as saying that he was you know, being pessimistic or sarcastic. So where are they? He was just asking the questions. So where are they? And, you know, it's a, it's a very good question. Where are all these extraterrestrial civilizations? How come they literally haven't contacted us? And, of course, a lot of uh, contactees and abductees insist, well, they have contacted us. They, they have interacted with humans. Uh, there's lots of great stories out there and claims that, you know, they're uh, in an underground cavern, uh, in Nevada somewhere, and they're working in conjunction with the United States government. Uh, maybe they're on the moon already, according to some people. But we don't have the absolute proof that's hitting us uh, in the face with a shovel. Uh, there's a lot of dirt being thrown on us from that shovel, but you know, we just simply don't have the absolute proof that this is occurring. And it's true. If there were as many civilizations and interstellar craft zipping around there as predicted by some scientists, Uh, We wouldn't need this clandestine stuff going on. We would be seeing these things literally everywhere, and we simply don't see that. So it's the great paradox that you have ufology um, looking into the skies uh, and talking to people who believe they've seen UFOs, and science saying there should be civilizations out there, there should be extraterrestrials out there, and we simply don't see the absolute proof from either the ufology uh, community or from the uh, witnesses themselves or from the scientists. But there is 
hope on the horizon if you talk to people like Avi Loeb and the Galileo Project. Well, the thing I wonder about also here is if we have all the civilizations, they would have to make decisions as to whether, number one, we deserve to be visited. And if there's so many plants to see, it doesn't necessarily mean they want to come here. If they do come here, what measures would they take not to be seen? Would they care about an existing civilization and how that civilization might be impacted? There's a great Monty Python sketch on how not to be seen. And I, it's very possible that the aliens might have you know, been, been watching Monty Python over the years, too. So there, there certainly is that possibility that they don't want to be seen. This could be one of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the law of first contact from the, the Federation, from Star Trek, that, you know, you have to do things, uh, you know, so that the civilization doesn't get interfered with. And we're supposed to just progress on our own. So it's certainly possible that that's uh, one of the aspects. Um, but that assumes that all civilizations act in that certain manner. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Stephen Hawking cautioned that some of the extraterrestrial civilizations out there might be n not so benevolent. They might be malevolent and would be interested in taking us over. So you'd think that half of all civilizations out there uh, would have uh, evil intentions and would definitely make themselves known. Again, we just simply don't know. And that's why, you know, all the, the movies that James Cameron's producing and uh, the, the TV shows and, and so forth, you know, they're great to speculate on. And uh, uh, they're, they're, you know, very rich in fodder for uh, uh, you know, having our imaginations run wild and talk about the possibilities of life out there. You know, we think about one of the films that had such a big influence on the early days of the UFO field, Day the Earth Stood Still where Klaatu comes down and says, Earthlings, get your acts together or we'll take you out. And we're thinking here, this guy, or whatever he is, and it's never really clarified whether the form you see is what it really is, it's not even posed in the film, whether that's what they do. It's a galactic federation, and when civilizations are developing, if they go the wrong way, they take them out. Therefore, there are fewer civilizations. Yeah, and you know, science fiction uh, authors have uh, really explored this, uh, you know, these ideas quite well. Um, there's a, a, a trilogy that's uh, just been out over the past decade or so, Three Body Problem, uh, by Chinese science fiction uh, author uh, uh, Qing Xu, I think his name is, and um, uh, he came up with a concept called the Dark Forest that uh, all the civilizations in the galaxy are afraid to show their their faces or you know show their light otherwise somebody is going to come get them and uh so the dark forest uh possibility has been you know we're hiding around trees we're trying to keep people from finding us out but we're peeking around the trees looking for others um and you know that's there are other ways of trying to figure out and try to interpret how Civilizations might be able to observe one another, contact one another. Um, you know, the whole concept of CD is to uh, listen on the radio spectrum, and, uh, and you know, we've actually sent messages out uh, into the universe uh, through radio waves. Uh, and uh, I think there's even been attempts with lasers too. Let's break here, sir. We've got more with Chris and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com This is a USA News update. Nashville City Council members say they'll move to reinstate Justin Jones to his seat in the state legislature after he and colleague Justin Pearson were expelled for protesting gun violence in the Tennessee House. An Ohio grand jury will meet Monday to consider possible charges in the fatal police shooting of a black man. Jalen Walker was shot and killed by Akron police last June after a traffic stop and car chase. His death was followed by violent protests. The Department of Justice is filing an appeal after a federal judge in Texas issued a ruling halting the distribution of the abortion pill Mifepristone. The DOJ is also reviewing a separate and conflicting decision by a Washington state judge that says the FDA must keep medication abortion drugs available. This is Karen Sloan, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. 
Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So the raw question arises here. I cannot say that there are no other civilizations and that we are the only ones. There may be only two others, but who knows? Whatever here, we have to look at the scenarios that you're talking about. How would they get in contact with us? Would they want to be in contact with us? Would they want to take us over? And if we listen to someone like the abduction researcher, Dr. David Jacobs, they're creating a hybrid race that will quietly, silently take us over. One day they'll say, okay, this is ET, and you're now part of our federation. Well, I think there's uh, there's absolutely no question that aliens have come down to Earth and taken over the minds and bodies of humans. How else can you explain what's going on in Washington? Come on! <laughs> well, they'd have to be insane aliens then. <laughs> well, by definition, I suppose they certainly alien to you know what would what would seem rational kind of, you know thought here on Earth according to the, our earlier philosophers, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's the, also the idea of um, you you mentioned, you know, is it possible that aliens wouldn't be all that interested in contacting us for one way or another? Remember the classic Betty Hill star map where Betty asked the aliens. Uh, you know about the star map that he had, that the alien had shown her, and uh, on the map, of course, there were all these stars and these lines connecting some of them, and then a dotted line connecting one of the stars to Earth. And it turned out that aliens, you know, were traveling throughout the galaxy, visiting and and interacting, and there was a huge galactic community. And this little dotted line to Earth just meant, well, it's 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 a sort of an exploration thing. We're we're just dabbling in this particular part of the galaxy. We're not really that interested. So, you know, we're not part of the intergalactic trade, we're not part of the Federation, we're not part of the, you know, the uh, the Council of uh, the Galactic Federation, as some contactees believe we are. So, you know, maybe there are reasons why the aliens would would be a little shy or not be all that interested in us. They're waiting for us to develop warp drive. Yes, yeah. And did we have first contact day just a... Just a, a number of days ago, I think so. I think we just passed uh, first contact day, according to Star Trek canon. So maybe, maybe one of these days. No, it's 2063. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Zephram Cochran, or is it James Cromwell? I forget. Invents warp drive, and the Vulcans exploring our solar system detect the warp signature. Uh oh, we better get over there to see what these crazy earthlings are doing, or whatever they call us, and see if they don't get beside themselves. And if you look at this show, Star Trek Enterprise, the early days of the association between the Vulcans and the earthlings, they were very, very cautious with us and tried to exert higher levels of control because I guess they couldn't trust earthlings. Absolutely. And when I said first contact day, I meant the, the date itself. I think it it was either late March or early April. So I think we just passed what would have been in the future or will be in the future. Well, then we'll pass it in the future or pass out, depending on your point. You of know, 
yeah, you know, past, future, these days with quantum physics, it's all the same. Okay, that, of course, goes to the next question. Could it be that we're seeing ourselves from the future? Or maybe ourselves in a previous civilization having explored the universe and something happens with this civilization, they come back home and, oh boy, it's a mess here. As a matter of fact, it's quite interesting you mentioned that because right now I am reviewing uh, a preview copy of uh, a book by, oh, I can't remember the title now. Uh, it's on my bedside table. Uh, I think it's by Hertog. Uh, but basically it's a biography of Stephen Hawking. Um, and it's going to be hitting the shelves uh, in, in a matter of weeks or months, I think. Me- weeks, I suspect. Um, and in it, it goes into detail uh, on Hawking's wrestling with the concept of time and how uh, he really didn't like the idea of multiverses, uh, had to eventually accept it, but also the fact that uh, Time's Arrow does some really weird things, um, and uh, according to the early days of quantum physics, time itself was created during the Big Bang. And uh, if you assume that there was no Big Bang and that it were actually you know a bunch of bouncing multiverses all over the place, Time's doing some very strange things things going back and forth at the same time and so forth. So, you know, time itself is a, a, a big question. Uh, you know, I, I don't personally buy the idea that uh, we're looking at ourselves from the future when you talk about some of the UFO uh, phenomena, you know, some of the, uh, the aliens coming down to Earth and, and picking stones and gravel off of a driveway and then getting back into the ship. I mean, you'd have to be, you know, pretty crazy to want to do something like that. Well, right, it does sound like it's us, isn't it? Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> I just thought the lyrics of a song when you were talking about time. Time, 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 see what's become of me. And when I looked around for my possibilities, that's, of course, a hazy shade of winter from Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he starts with time. Ticking. Yeah, yeah. He, time, he time keeps on time. ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. And here we are. What are we going to do about it? Busy making a mess. Let me ask the $64 billion question. It used to be $64,000, but inflation has just really inflated the dollars against the value you get for it. Okay. What is going on? What are all these abductees contacting? They're not all making them up, are they? Well, that's a really uh, that's a really loaded question and a big one. Um, you know, Back in the early days of the abduction phenomenon in the 80s and into the 90s, um, when I was really taking off, I did actually facilitate uh, an abductee support group. Uh, And I did it reluctantly, but people had come to me uh, after my lectures and uh, uh, had asked me, you know, I think something's happened. And I, I remember, you know, interviewing some of them and working with some of them and they're they all seem to need um, some sort of uh, forum in which they could openly talk uh, in a safe uh, place about what's been happening to them. And, of course, there's safety in numbers, so that's why abductee support groups started up. Um, But, of course, ufologists are not uh, trained psychologists. They're not trained therapists. So they're the last people who should be involved in such things, which explains perfectly well why a lot of ufologists started abduction support groups. And uh, I was working with a clinical psychologist who was trained in such. In fact, uh, he had actually worked with me on uh, some 
uh, clinical hypnotherapy for uh, some of the abductees who had come to me because, I mean, this was out of my bailiwick for sure. And you know, I remember getting the group together. I, I think I, I started the group and I got it going. I think my involvement lasted maybe uh, several months before I realized that, that uh, my contribution was minimal. Uh, these are people who really needed to, uh, to have some more support. But the problem I found was, of course, if you have, you know, 10 contactees or abductees in a group and one of them starts talking about, you know, the creature that I, uh, you know, had, a, you know, was abducting me, uh, had blue skin and slanted eyes. And the person next to them said, oh, yeah, uh, mine had, uh, you know, yellow skin and and uh, uh, the eyes were more round. And the third one says, oh, well, you're right. I guess I thought mine was round, but, you know, you're right. They were more slanted and they were starting to, um, you know, ha have some of their stories uh, get populated from each other's details, and that was no good either. Um, and then what happened was that some of the abductees uh, had really severe emotional reactions. Uh, they're having um, problems in terms of depression. Uh, some were very, very paranoid. There were some had signs of schizophrenia. And uh, it started when one of the abductees uh, had thoughts of committing suicide because the aliens were controlling his every move and were watching him, so his life seemed completely out of his control. We're out of control right now, but we'll regain it in just a moment. How's that? Okay, Chris, Gene, Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. 
So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamgaday.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. Teamgaday.com. Teamgaday.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% US-based company and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137 800-507-3137 That's 800-507-3137. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses too. Go to mysolarbackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's mysolarbackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, when you talk about these abductees, I can understand why someone who is not trained in mental health sciences would want to maybe stay away from this. It's a little more complicated than maybe you expected. The question is, is this some kind of psychosis or are they experiencing something that we do not understand? Uh, That's a really good question. And uh, the problem that I had encountered was when one of the abductees uh, had had attempted suicide. And uh, at that point, I realized that that ufologists should stay away from the abduction phenomenon, that uh, only really... You know, very professional trained psychologists and psychiatrists should be involved, not necessarily because the abductees and contactees were, you know, open quote, close quote, crazy, but because they're exhibiting emotional uh, and health issues such as depression. Uh, they're not sleeping. They have, they have emotional issues. They have uh, uh, family issues. Uh, they are, you know, outsiders in you know, from the community, uh, society is 
is uh, relegating them uh, into places that they don't enjoy. And so they're really experiencing some intense issues. Um, and, you know, one can argue that that's because they were abducted. The other side would be, well, this is why they believe they've been abducted. But um, in either case, they, you know, certainly should be in the care of, of somebody uh, who, you know, is experienced in dealing with this sort of thing. I mean, I can see that if somebody, um, uh, you know, believes that they are abducted, uh, that would certainly, you know, mess up your your life view, um, your worldview. Um, you would get uh, uh, in conflict with what science and everybody else in the world is saying. And, you know, you might experience depression, you might experience ostracization, and that would certainly cause some issues in your life. Uh, you might not be able to sleep anymore. And for that reason, I often refer abductees and contactees to uh, health professionals, therapists, uh, uh, clinical psychologists, and so forth, even their family doctor, uh, simply because... Uh, they would be better prepared and better suited for talking with uh, you know, with abductees and contactees about these issues uh, than I can. Um, but that's my my view. Um, so, is it a uh, is abduction uh, is the abduction phenomena a, a health issue, uh, a mental health issue? I don't know. I actually coined something called uh, "ain't uh, abduction." Um, uh, no, I know it's AAS, alien abduction syndrome, in one of my books. Uh, that you know, these are the characteristics of it, and I leave it to the psychologist and, and psychiatrist to develop a, a theory around it. But at the same time, recognizing these are uh, types of phenomena and these are types of experiences that many, many people are experiencing. Um, and you know, what are we supposed to do with that? You know, I've uh, over over the years, especially when the abduction phenomena really geared up i had uh, people approach me with their experiences and you know had no no interest in publicity or or or, or anything like that and and i had a couple of friends who were therapists that i would generally refer them to because like you said uh, the, the, you know the, this was something that i did not was not qualified to get involved with and didn't want to but a few of these cases were always really interesting to me because these some of these people had no prior knowledge of UFOs or abductions, no interest, had you know good family life, you know previous indications of mental health issues, yet had these experiences and found themselves um Basically, crumbling mm -hmm. for one of a, yeah. for one of a better word, uh, and you know, so it just you know, while I'm not a big advocate of the whole abduction phenomena, you know, some of these cases have always left me kind of perplexed because something obviously was going on with them, and and uh, a, a, a few of these people that I got, that I got to know, uh, just really, I mean, they they found their lives just just completely upended and as you said their worldview was just totally smashed i mean these were people who were you know <laughs> um would come home have a beer and watch television go to bed get mm -hmm. up and go to work yet 
they suddenly found themselves faced with something that they had no idea how to handle it. So to me, it was always interesting that, you know, if if this wasn't an actual external force placed upon them, then what was it? Yeah, and I've had uh, uh, individuals like that present to me, too. Um, in the case of the, uh, the fellow, by the way, who I, I mentioned had attempted suicide, before that, um, I had worked with the clinical psychologist um, in a hypnotic regression uh, to, you know, to try and get to the root of some of his anxiety. And so I was, you know, behind the, you know, just like in the movies, behind was behind a, a one-way mirror, and um, uh, the, the, uh, the clinical psychologist was in the room with uh, this, uh, this abductee, and he was relating about um, how that the, he remembered this this entity coming through the wall of his bedroom as he was laying in his bed, paralyzed. Uh, and couldn't move, and this this creature came towards him with kind of a rod with a light on the end. And he was relating under hypnosis how the you know the creature was reaching with the rod, and the light was getting closer and closer and closer to his forehead. And it, when the moment that he said the rod, the light touched his forehead, he had such a violent reaction. He literally jumped out of the off the couch, and uh, was was sweating and panicking and. The clinical psycholo- psychologist had some trouble calming him down and getting him back under. And when I was debriefing with the clinical psychologist after that, he said, you know, he had been working with the police for a number of decades on uh, the use of hypnosis. And this was the most violent and extreme reaction that he'd ever experienced uh, from any of his uh, any of the people he was working with. I had never seen that before. So something traumatic had occurred to this fellow, and uh, the clinical psychologist had no idea what it was. And then further to your comment about, you know, the person who uh, that you'd gotten to know and didn't have any reason to make stories up, um, one of the other cases that I recall very well was uh, a nurse who had come to me. Actually, she had contacted me by phone and wanted to know, you know, uh, if I was the guy who was interested in UFOs and aliens and would I be interested in hearing uh, from her about her experience. And I said, sure, you know, I, I, I can hear. So we actually met at a, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a safe place. I think it was at a restaurant somewhere. And she proceeded to tell me her story. And uh, she explained that she... Uh, had always been working long shifts, uh, always night shifts. And it's one particular uh, night she uh, had finished at like 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that and uh, decided to go home, freshen up, get a few hours of sleep, and then go back uh, for uh, a little bit later in the morning because they were short-staffed. And she says she came home, and uh, she came in her door of her, this was in a condo complex, so she came in her door, walked through her living room, got into her bedroom. And as she was starting to, to get undressed for bed, she heard a bang, boom, and a thump out in the hallway. And she thought, oh, no, you know, the neighbors are causing problems and I'm trying to get some sleep. So she turns around and goes into her living room, and she says, there in her living room were two creatures, not the classic gray skin slant eyes, but these were white, round heads, 
round, big, huge, staring eyes, and they had these sort of togas, white togas that stretched to the floor. And uh, uh, she, you know, her first reaction, though, was to yell at them because, you know, you're, you're waking me, you're going you know, to wake me up, you're keeping me awake, get out of my living room. And uh, they looked at her, and then they looked at each other, and then they looked back at her, and she realized, wait a minute, this, this is, these aren't neighbors, this is something else. And they somehow telepathically conveyed, you know, would you like to come with us? We'd like to show you your planet. Mm. And uh, um, they, she says, sure, you know, you know like, hey, baby, you want to go for a ride? Let's persist with we this. Will. We will persist in our next segment. We have Chris and Gene and Tim. You're in the Pericast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Most basic diseases are caused by yeast in the gut and metals in the liver, and we all have a bit of both. The garlic in Extendivite has a yeast-killing effect in the gut while also helping the sulfur enzyme in the liver get rid of the metals. Extendivite just may improve your overall health. Products like Extendivite are the only way we are going to get our society healthy. And if you're waiting for the government and pharmaceutical care to solve your health problems, you're going to have a long, disappointing wait, I think. Extendivite is a complete formula for extended life in the new millennium. 80 can be the new 60. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, whatever these things were, they were going to give this person the opportunity to see Earth from outer space then? Right, they, they were going to take her aboard their craft. And so, she said yes, and the next thing she remembers is that she's in this huge thing like a hangar, where there's 
you know, very high ceiling. It was huge because you could barely see the walls on either side. And there were a whole bunch of saucers and other different geometrical shapes. And she was walking across this floor, and there's one of the creatures in front of her, one of them behind her. They're leading her towards this cigar-shaped craft. They lead her up a gangplank and into the craft through a little door, and they walk down the uh, the middle aisle uh, to the front of this thing where they sit her down between the two of them in kind of a Star Trek-y panel with a table with a bunch of knobs and lights, and in front of her is a view screen with a picture of the planet Earth. And uh, she sits down, and then they twiddle the dials and, and move their hands over things, and they, she sees the Earth shrink in size until it's almost completely gone. And she says the next thing she remembers is that she's in her bedroom, her clothes are still on, she's sitting on the bed on the opposite side from where she would normally come in the room, and she realizes that this is now three hours later, and she has no memory of what happened. And as she explained to me, she said, you know, I've never had vivid dreams before i don't have time to watch tv and go to the movies to see star treks and star wars and all that sort of stuff and i didn't have a bad anchovy pizza for supper uh, i've never had anything that would precipitate this this is what i had an experience like this and so that's why i'm telling you and i said to her what, what do you want me to do now do you want me to go public you know go put in a, a, something in the newspaper or on tv asking for additional witnesses can anybody help? And she says, no, no, I, I don't want anybody to, else to know about this. I heard you were interested in this, so this is why I'm telling you. And that's where it stopped. What do you do with cases like that, where the person is clearly not interested in publicity, doesn't want money, doesn't want uh, the world to know, and yet wanted someone to listen to them relate this experience? In that sense, I was a counselor. John Brent Musgrave, a very notable uh, ufologist in the uh, the 60s and 70s uh, and into the 80s, uh, he actually uh, published an article in uh, some UFO journals called The UFO Investigator is Counselor and Healer. And in that way, ufologists can act in, uh, you know, to a limited degree simply by the fact that we're listening, we're, we're open to hearing from individuals who have these experiences because that in itself can be very, very therapeutic. But we're getting back to the core question. Okay, we assume, based on what you're telling me, that lots of people are having genuine experiences, but what are they experiencing? Right, and that is the big question. We simply don't know. I know that um, there is one school of thought uh, in psychology that people are having dissociative episodes, uh, that for some reason they are believing that uh, they're having these these experiences because they're seeking some affirmation of you know positive things in their life maybe they you know have j dead end jobs maybe they've had bad relationships maybe they're not in a socioeconomic class that they uh, would like to be in and so they build themselves up and have these experiences and make themselves believe that they have been chosen by the galactic federation to spread the the word so you know, it's certainly one, one train of thought. And, of course, ufology simply says, well, no, these people are actually being contacted by aliens. And because the aliens 
are you know technologically advanced and are you know they their mind processes and their sociological processes are different we simply can't recognize them for what they are and we think that uh, it's all nonsense but it's really occurring because this is how the aliens are trying to communicate with us here on earth those are two diametrically opposite schools of thought but that's the state that ufology is in these days I've never been convinced of the whole extraterrestrial hypothesis of the UFOs. It does strike me as odd with what you just said with with people possibly trying to, you know, like mentally build themselves up uh, for whatever reason by thinking that they've been chosen by by the Intergalactic Federation, but a lot of these people have no interest in science fiction and you know and and a lot of them really no knowledge at all about the whole ufo phenomena and i would think that there would be a lot more people having i suppose religious types of experiences where they say you know where they claim that you know the angels or jesus or somebody like that has chosen them and has to you know kind of like uh enoch taken them for a ride up into the heavens but we don't we don't hear that very often instead we get a lot of the abduction scenarios and and maybe we're just tunnel visioning ourselves and uh, uh, looking at the uh, UFO phenomena rather than other aspects of this kind of possible disassociative behavior. Ah, uh, but I will point out that my chapter in the book, UFO Reframing the Debate, uh, by Robbie Graham. Great book, by the way. Uh, yeah, Rest of the Soul. That uh, is, it was titled, uh, Our Alien Who Art in Heaven. Hmm. And in that, I explored the possibility that a lot of what's being reported is in fact a religious experience and um i, I go into detail on in in one of my books uh, in uh, abductions and aliens what's going on i go into detail on some of the religious experiences and the religious interpretations of uh, the abduction and contactee phenomena which has very many parallels and like you say you know uh, that aliens uh, replace the image of God um, and or gods and and uh, uh, spiritual entities and a lot of uh, abductees and contactees believe they've had spiritual encounters. In fact, one trend now is uh, you know to use meditation to contact the uh, the aliens, to get into trances, to use uh, you know the uh, the oral beat therapy to put yourself into a trance that you're more receptive to uh to things and and so you're looking to whatever is out there whether you call them aliens or or god or whatnot uh to to sort of save you and you know lord knows pardon the pun we certainly do need some saving these days and uh you know the world seems to be spinning out of control maybe the aliens who by definition are more advanced than we are and if you know overcome uh, war and pestilence and famine and all that sort of stuff, uh, have figured out ways of, uh, of surviving and thriving uh, despite all the, the negative stuff. So, you know, there is a, a very, very strong possibility that what we're looking at is a religious phenomenon. And certainly the hardcore believers within ufology uh, exhibit religious behavior where they, you know, raise up one or two UFO experts as the ultimate authorities, you know, ignoring all the the you know the nonsense that those UFO experts might be stating or claiming, and uh, beyond all reason, uh, because you know these are the experts; these are the people who are in the know, 
And they're not really telling us everything because they can't say too much right now. Um, but just you wait. Any day now, the revelation will come. And it sounds so much like religion. Any day now, salvation will come. You know, uh, I was just watching uh, one of the installments of uh, the CNN uh, show on Heaven's Gate, um, an interesting limited series. And they tracked down some of the still surviving uh, members who uh, who are still alive. Um, and these are individuals, unlike those who claim that they were not interested in aliens and, and UFOs and whatnot, many of them were. Many of them were just looking for for something uh they were really into ufos they were looking for ways of you know enhancing their spirituality so they were into everything from tm to uh, uh to uh, you know having yogi instructors and um trying to figure out ways of of uh improving their meditation spirituality and only through that could they become you know uh, attuned to the cosmos in in greater and enhanced ways Let's break it in enhanced ways and let's enhance these and then we'll get back with more enhancements from Chris, Gene, and Tim. You're in the podcast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Seven million children suffer from asthma more than any other chronic disease. Most asthma attacks are caused by allergic reactions to allergens, including those left behind by cockroaches and mice. In fact, 82% of U.S. households contain mouse allergens, and cockroaches are found in up to 98% of urban homes. How can you protect your family? Find out at PestWorld.org. A message from the National Pest Management Association and the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. 
Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, it sounds to me like these various experiences fundamentally are the same, but we interpret them in accordance with our culture. So it's sci-fi terms today. Seeing the same Absolutely. thing today, we look at the sci-fi world that we're immersed in. If we were having this 2,000 years ago, it would be, well, any amazing power we can't understand must be from God. So therefore, these entities are emissaries from God. So we're still seeing something happen, and maybe 200 years from now, once we're in whatever generation we're in, whatever culture we have, if there is a culture, they'll see this experience in some other kind of term. Absolutely. I think you're you're spot on there, Gene. But here and then let's 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 ground ourselves and bring it down to earth by talking about stuff that's not of this earth. What then do we do with UFO reports? What then do we do with you know, some of the claims right now that are being tossed around by some of the UFO experts at conferences and podcasts and, and on videos that say that the United States government is trying to uh, reverse engineer or taking a close look at some metamaterials that are not from this world, that they're from alien craft. And this is the ultimate proof that the alien craft is there. What do you do with the the many, many UFO reports that seem unexplainable. Uh, I had occasion just this past week to go through the uh, the Blue Book unknowns that had been compiled, uh, and even some of the cases that Phil Plate, the arch-skeptic, arch-debunker himself, concedes were unexplained uh, yeah, by some of the Blue Book unknowns. What do you do with those particular cases, and what do you do with the more recent reports 
by U.S. Navy pilots of Tic Tac zipping around their planes and so forth. What are we to do with all that body of evidence, especially since the uh, Pentagon has created this task force that is greatly overdue in releasing its information and still hasn't produced data that's worth anything? Even the Canadian government, and I have to throw in my my Canadian hat here, has created a new project called Sky Canada, which is its own UAP, UFO investigation project, trying to understand what Canadians are, are seeing. The Canadian government itself is, is looking into this. So uh, well, you know, what do you do when uh, there's all this body of interest in the UAP and UFO phenomenon, and a lot of people are talking in terms of aliens, even though we still don't have any definitive proof or solid evidence that the aliens are involved. We have these, these, you know, all this stuff rolling around, you know, from the physical and the sociological and the psychological. And I've said this in some of my lectures, and I've, I think I've had it in some of my books too, that if the UFO phenomenon is not physical in nature, is at the very least sociological or psychological. And any of those three cases it's worth studying by science. And it's fascinating that uh, there is this surge in scientific interest right now in the UFO phenomenon, even if it's relabeled as the UAP phenomenon. You yourself, I mean, you you were involved in the uh, uh, investigation and then the, the absolutely wonderful book uh, about the uh, Falcon Lake incident, where, I mean, there's all kinds of physical evidence, but Again, you know, there seems to be this mindset that the UFO phenomena is extraterrestrial or it's nothing at all. And I, so far, I don't. A lot of the experts, military, what have you, seem to be unable to look beyond aliens. That's true. That's absolutely true. In the case of the Falcon Lake case, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties, um, and the Canadian Department of National Defense uh, both said that they had uh, no satisfactory explanation for what had occurred. They waffled. They you know, didn't talk about aliens, and they didn't say that he had made it up. Recently, however, uh, Arch de Bunker um, in Australia completely rejected all the physical evidence, saying that it was hoaxed and made up and uh, that uh, the witness was actually illegally running a still in the woods, and that's why he made up this cockamamie story about uh, aliens, and that's what burned him, even though there is no evidence that he actually did anything like that. And why would a person who lived in a city uh, with free access to booze have to travel to uh, a controlled government you know, park, uh, travel into the woods and set up a still to to get some hooch i mean it just it makes no sense whatsoever but in the rejection of the extraterrestrial hypothesis what else can you do you have to come up with stuff like that <laughs> i have a crazy wacky theory here speaking of crazy and wacky and i won't and have any labels of you guys in any case they call me crazy and wacky some people suggest we all live in a simulation which is like some kind of computer-created or controlled environment. And if that's the case, maybe all the stuff that happens to us is a bug. Like we have a bug in a computer program. Our phenomenon that we see, the UFOs, they're all bugs in a simulation. 
Well, and of course, I'll go even further than that. You know, people are talking about AI and worried about AI, you know, becoming sentient and taking over. What if this simulation that we're in is inside the AI? Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that the AI itself is is conscious is what's happening now, realizing that all of this has been the simulation all along. We're inside the AI already. <laughs> And, the, and as John Keel may imply, the AI or the ultra-terrestrial force is insane. Absolutely. It's, uh, uh, it's, it is insane. But, you know, science is taking a closer look. I'm not sure whether you know, but uh, I am an affiliate of the Galileo Project. I uh, am part of Avi Loeb's uh, group that is trying to uh, develop techniques for understanding, uh, uh, you know, observations of UAP and uh, uh, detecting UAP in the sky. Um, so, and uh, I'm, you know, on the uh, uh, the board with many, many very, very reputable uh, scientists, uh, from uh, engineers to physicists to chemists. Um, uh, people from the humanities at institutions like MIT, Harvard, Yale, you know, post-secondary institutions uh, literally around the world. Um, and, you know, it's just one of a number of groups that are taking a close look at this. I mean, it seems that UAP groups are, are starting to pop up all over the place. Uh, I noticed there was a, a group called the UAP Study Center or something like that that just showed up. Um, there certainly is. The, there's the scientific coalition uh, for ufology. Uh, there's a number of organizations. Even MUFON uh, claims to have a lot of uh, scientists on board that are studying uh, the uh, UAP reports now. We'll break here, and then we'll have more discussion of more and more scientists getting interested officially in UFOs. A big change with Chris, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamgaday.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. Teamgaday.com. Teamgaday.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA News Update. Multiple people shot at the Christiana Mall in Delaware yesterday. Police do not have a suspect in custody. A number of congressional Democrats want trips taken by Justice Clarence Thomas to be investigated.
The 16 lawmakers are asking Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts to investigate the luxury trips that were given to Justice Clarence Thomas by a major Republican donor. They want Roberts to look into any unethical or potentially unlawful conduct on the part of Thomas. The group said if Roberts doesn't act, Congress will. Thomas, for his part, has said he was told he didn't have to disclose the trips around the world on yachts and private jets owned by billionaire businessman Harlan Crow. I'm John Schaefer. The FDA approval of the abortion pill Mifepristone has been halted by a federal judge in Texas. Corey Myers, USA News. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Chris Rutkowski, you raised something really interesting here and an interesting change. In the past, if a scientist were interested in UFOs, they would maybe not be regarded as particularly sane. They wouldn't want to admit the fact that they were interested. But now it's the thing for scientists to get involved. Right. Instead of the invisible college, we've got a very visible college right now uh, of scientists interested in the phenomenon. And I know, you know, a lot of uh, scientists are saying, well, there hasn't been any interest up until now. One of the things that I've done, and I posted it on my blog, is uh, a list of scientific papers and articles that were published most of them in peer-reviewed scientific journals on the subject of UFOs and UAP, uh, dating back many, many years. And there's, you know, hundreds of examples of this. So it just didn't happen overnight. It just simply happened, didn't happen uh, over the past two or three years. 
uh, scientists have been interested, and many of them have, you know, put their name out there and uh, have not been afraid to uh, to go public uh, on some of this. But it's more common now, and uh, I think, uh, you know, it's it's the type of thing where if you are a scientist at a uh, institution doing research and you want to do something on UFOs, uh, I think uh, you can probably word it in such a way you can get research funding. You can get it published. There are uh, many uh, doctoral and master's theses on the subject of UFOs and UAP that are published every year and have been published. I know that Isaac Coy uh, published on his website uh, a list that was copied from somewhere else of all the dissertations uh, on the subject of UFOs. Uh, that have been published over the years. And there's hundreds and hundreds of them. So this is not something that's happened overnight, despite what people might might think. Science has taken an interest in this subject. But now it seems that people are noticing that science has taken a, an interest in the subject. And what's happening is you're getting people who don't really uh, have a, a background, who aren't versed in the subject. Uh, some of the people um, who I've been corresponding with uh, from... Uh, institutions who are on some of these scientific panels don't know what UFO data looks like. They uh, don't really realize what the numbers are. They don't realize what the typical UFO report looks like. They don't know the history. They don't know David Jacobs' excellent um, history of the UFO phenomenon that uh, uh, that was published uh, that details it in great uh, great detail. Um, Greg Ahijian, uh, history uh, researcher, uh, is coming out with uh, another book, sort of the the sequel to uh, David Jacobs' History of the UFO Phenomenon. A fascinating book that, that goes into great detail. So, you know, uh, the, the subject has been studied in great detail, but most people aren't interested in what the scientists have to say, believe it or not. Uh, they want to talk more about, look at the great video that I shot last night. Isn't it amazing? It clearly shows an uh, you know, a mothership flying over. Or some indistinct lights, which is what it mostly shows. We've had Absolutely. Greg on the show once or twice over the years, and it was a really good session. But with all these scientists involved and now more in the open than they used to be, are they getting any answers, or is it all chasing after something that's not quite there yet? Well, it's, it's not quite there. I know in the case of Galileo Project, the technology is still under development, so it's going to be at least, you know, a, a few years before uh, the data is going to be analyzed to the point where we can get some stuff. So we're it's still in the infancy. I would say scientific ufology, as a branch, I don't know, is still a number of years away. It's it's uh, uh, it's growing and uh, uh, it's it's getting there, but I mean. It, it's uh, it's a slow process. Science does take a long time, and I know people are really anxious to get some results, and people want to know, you know, more about what's going on. They want to know what, you know, how many of these UFOs are, are alien craft. Well, we're a long way from from talking about that, um, but uh, it, it's getting there. I mean, just today, I saw a posting of uh, an analysis of uh, a sighting by a Mexican. Uh, uh, sorry, of a pilot, a FedEx pilot, uh, who had videoed something um, uh, over Mexico uh, in 2020, and uh, it was you know that's made the rounds uh, over the years and was uh, resurfaced just today. 
um, because uh, you know somebody, a UFP researcher, uh, did some analysis of uh, the video and of the uh, uh, of the case, and you know talked about you know how this was clearly a plasma of some sort, um, and you know might it might have been extraterrestrial, but you know they analyzed the the optical uh, properties and you know the temperature, uh, you know the flight characteristics and so forth, assuming that this object was in fact. Uh, you know, not far away from the plane. And uh, the pilot reported uh, that this thing paced the plane for a half an hour uh, before it, you know, seemed to veer away. And I just plugged the date and location into, uh, uh, you know, into heavens above a star and planetary calculator and found that Venus was exactly where this guy was looking. And um, the whole thing was due to Venus. And I tried to explain that to uh, this fellow who had done the analysis on the, you know, this uh, this object that clearly to him was just, uh, you know, uh, a few hundred feet away from the plane, but was clearly Venus. And uh, he wouldn't believe it. He said, you know, that, uh, you know, his analysis is right and that my analysis was wrong. Mm. What do you do with those cases? You, you know, it depends on your belief. And this goes right back to what we were talking about in terms of religion. That uh, if your belief is strong enough that the aliens are visiting Earth and they're, you know, um, you know, zipping around planes and and whatnot, uh, then that's your belief system. Uh, and if you're of the belief system that it's all nonsense and uh, it doesn't exist, if you see something like that, it affects your worldview. But you know, it, the the belief and uh, is so deeply rooted that it does affect who we are and how we uh, interpret. Um, what we're looking at. Yeah, I'd like to know what kind of, uh, of system that guy was, was using to analyze that footage to come up with, uh, with those kinds of conclusions. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, he, he claimed that he was doing a good photographic analysis. Well, you know, obviously, it, and, and nowhere in his paper did he even raise the possibility that he's looking at uh, a planet. So, you know, it, it depends on your the way you look at things, which makes me uh, uh, remind myself of something I just found in uh, a file that I had thought that I had lost. And what it was, this goes back to my days in university, back in the the uh, 1970s and into the early 1980s when uh, I took a psychology course. Now, even though my background is in astronomy and education, I had to declare a minor in something, and my minor was in psychology of all things. Um, and um, to do that you know, in your undergraduate years, uh, you volunteer to be a guinea pig for psychology experiments. Uh, in your first year anyways. And, you know, it can be anything from, you know, filling out quizzes to, you know, um, interacting with somebody or to watching a film or, or all, all sorts of things. But you're a guinea pig in psychological experiments. That's how a lot of psychological research gets done. You sign the after your, uh, your life away and saying that you agree to this, this type of thing. I was actually in the department where some of the sensory deprivation experiments were conducted, where they, you would sign up and uh, you would be put into a tank for 
uh, X number of hours or locked in a completely dark room for a week, uh, that type of thing. So it was actually funded by the CIA, according to the rumors. And anyways, but um, uh, I was just, you know, the types of things I signed up were, were pretty innocuous. But when I got into my second and third year, I had the opportunity to actually conduct a psychological experiment. Let us explore this kind of experiment first. Okay, Chris, Gene, and Tim. Chris, why don't you do it this time? You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Chris Rutkowski, talking about his experimentations. Dr. Frankenstein, let's go on. It was my experiment. (laughs) So what I did is that I wanted to know how intense belief in ufos is uh is it deep rooted can it be changed can i convince you to believe in ufos if you didn't believe in ufos or conversely if you do believe in ufos can i maybe convince you that maybe it is all nonsense how how strong is that belief so i was working with a a very brilliant uh, psychological researcher and he agreed to do this and what it was is that um in the 1970s uh, there had been a lot of UFOs seen in Canada, and one particular uh, video in per, uh, video was taken of a UFO that was flying in the sky, uh, and was witnessed by a lot of people. And I had access to the uh, this video. I actually knew the the videographer, or actually it wasn't video. Just before videos, this is film. Uh, I actually had known the uh, the fellow who had taken the film of this. Um, and he actually worked for a, a television uh, company. So I actually had access to this film. So what I did is that I put together, uh, this is just during the transition to video, I took the film and edited it. And uh, the film itself, the video, the image itself wasn't I, uh, changed. You saw this this light moving in the sky, which is pretty well all it was. But the narration changed. I had a news broadcaster, a very well-known news broadcaster in uh, in our city, make a, a statement to accompany this this image uh, of the the film of the UFO, and state two separate things. In one set of uh, the the video, this broadcaster said, "As you can see, this video was captured by uh, uh, you know researchers and doing studies in the field. It has not been explained. Something along those lines." Uh, and that the, the scientists believe this is an actual UFO. In another version, he said, you know, this uh, image was taken, this film was taken, and after analysis is clearly shown that this is not a UFO. So what we did was we surveyed the first years and asked them a whole bunch of questions. On, embedded in this 50-piece, 50 50-question 50 survey was, you know, do you believe that aliens are visiting us? Do you believe in UFOs? That type of thing. And the people who believe very strongly were put in one group, and the people who believed very strongly against were in another group. So you had ardent skeptics and, and very ardent believers. And we showed them 
two versions of the uh, the video, depending on which group they were in. We showed the people who didn't believe in UFOs, the you know, one where the news broadcaster explains that you know this has been analyzed and shown to be a real thing, and the people who were ardent believers, the broadcaster was was telling them that no, this is really nothing at all. It was it was explainable, and then we asked them again, do they believe you know in UFOs strongly or not strongly, and so forth. And nothing we did, we tried several manipulations, and nothing we did could convince the people who strongly believed in UFOs that the objects were simply nothing and that there's UFO phenomena is nothing to worry about. And we couldn't convince the skeptics, the hardcore skeptics, that what they were looking at was unexplainable. So it seems that belief was very, very soundly rooted. You know, if you have that, that strong belief or strong non-belief, it's hard to change. And I think that's at the root of what we're seeing in ufology today, where you have two camps uh, where either you believe that the aliens are definitely here or you believe it's all nonsense, and there's no way to bridge that gap, which, you know, is a problem. Well, that's that's almost like the the whole disclosure movement, where people think that, you know, the government's holding these deep, dark secrets about UFOs and that any day now they're, you know, the president's going to go in front of the cameras and reveal that uh, we've been in contact with uh, extraterrestrials. But if that would happen, a lot of people wouldn't believe it. And if just the opposite happened, a lot of people wouldn't believe that. Absolutely. And it's interesting that a lot of people who uh, I mean, remember, you know, X-Files taught us, you know, trust no one and you certainly don't trust your government. But now the government's going to disclose everything and we're going to believe them. Mm. Well, how does that work? Why should we believe the government now when we, you know, and here, the, here the, you know, we have the, the new task force or the uh, AARO or whatever it's going to be called is going to issue its report and it's going to prove once and for all that that uh, these UFOs are, are you know, not built by anything on Earth. We're trusting the government to do that, but we're also told not to trust the government. And this goes beyond ufology into politics, of course. Don't trust that political party versus that political party. And, you know, it's it's a real mess. The, uh, the times that I give uh, uh, lectures on this subject or, you know, some of the other uh, uh, things that, that I talk about, I often tell people, don't believe anything that I'm saying because I don't believe it. <laughs> and, and and that kind of, you know, like uh, uh, sets some of them back in their chairs. But I explain that, you know, if you go and establish a belief system about any of this stuff, then it's going to close your mind up to any new information that comes on down the line. And the whole process is learning what's actually going on. We don't know. We want that new information. We want good, vetted information. But if you already have your mindset, your mind's going to be closed with any, you know, for anything that comes in. Absolutely. And I, I sometimes have said, though, you know, um, it's good to have an open mind, but not so open that your brain falls out. <laughs> and right now we have to step very carefully because there's a lot of gray matter on the sidewalk. <laughs> and I, We're constantly know, slipping in it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, everybody's got to believe something. And I believe that during the next break, I'm going to get a bourbon.
<laughs> oh boy, that's, that sounds like a good idea, Gene. Well, if I actually was a drinking person, I would agree with you. But my intoxicants are different. <laughs> whatever cranks your crank, or, or you how does that work? I forget. You know, people say I'm a crank. I know. You're, I you're wanted. To, I wanted to go. Well, let's. We agree. I wanted to go back to what we were talking about earlier, and we just fell away from it. Trying to say, okay, all these people are being abducted. They see different forms of alleged ETs. They are suffering, many of them, some kind of PTSD or something. Okay, back to the original question. Is it number one UFO related or something else? Number two, what is it? It's a very good question, and I wish we had a clear answer. I do know that... um in Alan Hynek's original formulation of the classification scheme for, for UFOs, you know, nocturnal lights, daylight disks, so on and so forth, then he had close encounters of the first, second, and third kinds. Um, there was no close encounter of the fourth kind that he envisioned. Certainly abductions were known by him at that time, but he didn't include them for a very good reason is that they don't fit nicely into UFO data. Um, and there's a, a big push now for acquiring UFO data. The Enigma project is um, grabbing as much data as it can um, and is running it all through an AI looking for the really good UFO reports. And uh, Galileo project is going to get its own data because it, uh, it realizes that, uh, uh, you know, previous uh, historical cases of the data itself isn't, is largely subjective, and a lot of organizations are looking at UFO data. Interestingly enough, the Canadian UFO Survey, which now numbers something like 24,000 separate uh, UFO reports just over the past 33, 34 years, is one of the um, the only available UFO databases that's in a nice spreadsheet format, and we've been asked by a number of institutions and research facilities for our database uh, so they can run some uh, analyses uh, of their own. It's nice and very simple to use. Um, but Hynek never included close encounters of the fourth kind, and I noticed recently that some uh, UFO experts are not, in, not just including close encounters of the fourth kind as abductions, but they're including the fifth kind, I think, as um, you know, uh, uh, spiritual contact and the sixth kind as death from UFOs. Um, so, I, you know, but Heineck never included that because, you know, if somebody's talking about a, an abduction, you know, in terms of UFO data, you look in terms of, you know, what time did it happen? What was the date? Where were you exactly? What was the color of the UFO or UAP you saw? How long did it uh, last? How long was it in sight? You don't have those types of information or data points for most abductions. we got more to come. Tim, Gene, and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, this is interesting too, the data that you have. No other country has anything similar in terms of research? Not in a nice format. I mean, Peter Davenport has done a fantastic job uh, with the National UFO Reporting Center. Um, But you actually have to go through his data and put it into a spreadsheet uh, yourself, which is very time-consuming. Cometa has a a version of a spreadsheet. The most uh, effective one right now, I just saw ufo unidentified or unidentified ufo which was the one from england they've actually copied the canadian ufo ufo survey in its format but they haven't made its data uh base uh public yet and we've made ours public for some time so there's a lot of collections like even mufon for example has a you know its cms database which unfortunately is not accessible to anybody except mufon members and field investigators now but it wasn't in a in a easily a readable spreadsheet either it had a lot more data points than necessary so it's sort of a i know um i don't know a, a proprietary kind of thing uh, and other organizations too but in terms of simple databases uh there's not a lot uh, that are out there ian i mentioned isaac coy he's done a really good job of putting things in nice state databases so uh, some of that exists um and if you go to the uh, uh afu archives for ufo forschung um uh, website and uh, they have a uh, Isaac has created or they've created a section called UFO databases and I think the Cometa report is in there too. 
But in terms of spreadsheets and, you know, even Excel or DBase or whatever, there's not a lot that are easily accessible. So, and getting back to why we're doing this, is that because you need uh, to crunch it, and AI can crunch data quite nicely, but if it's all over the place and haphazard, it's not particularly easy to compare apples and oranges in, in that regard. So abductions, I think, are a different, this is going back to your question, Gene, uh, finally, that um, abductions are a different entity, uh, not mean alien, but different, a different uh, uh, in, in scope and uh, characteristics than the typical UFO report. And so they have to be treated differently, I think. I don't think you can lump them all together, but uh, I think there are ways of, of analyzing them that uh, can be put into a spreadsheet and a database, and I think some people have, but it takes some time and they have to be taken out of context of the uh, the UFO database itself. Having said that, there are a few uh, close encounters of the fourth kind which snuck into the Canadian UFO survey. Uh, one in particular, one case that, that springs to mind, uh, was a report, because we get UFO reports in Canada from a National Defence and also the National Research Council, they did get some reports of abductions, and they filed them in their, you know, uh, among their uh, their uh, UFO files. So they exist, and when we were including all the National Research Council files in our database, we included it because it was reported to the National Research Council, and we had some information on it. But those are the exception rather than the rule, and uh, I'm not sure how to uh, amalgamate the two disparate sets of data. There might be a way of doing it, and maybe we'll do it in the future, but we don't really know how to do that right now. Well, how many abduction reports actually involve UFOs? Now, you've got the some of the, you know, like the, the earlier cases that involved like a lot of, you know, like car kidnappings, you know, where the UFO would swoop overhead, and, and that was, well, but a lot of the more recent cases are more like bedroom incidents. It's where a UFO really isn't involved, strange creatures possibly, but no UFO. I have to agree. You know, that's one thing that's really shifted in uh, ufology. You know, the, you know, we have Betty Hill, we have uh, V.S. Boas, and, uh, you know, Pascagoula. Uh, Philip Mantle's done a great job of putting together all of that. Um, but other than that, you know, there's, uh, you know, we've shifted away from the nuts and bolts version of abductions to more of a spiritual and paraphysical uh, type of thing. So uh, you're right, you know, it, uh, they don't necessarily seem to be uh, the same phenomenon at all anymore. Yeah, good luck with the AI trying to analyze that. <laughs> well, the AI might want to become what it's analyzing. <laughs> well, well, or what's the old joke about uh, they finally pose the question to AI, is there a God? And the AI replies, there is now. <laughs> that's back to uh, uh colossus the forbin project oh absolutely yeah I, I love that movie by the way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> should be revisited given all the interest in ai right now of course well i just uh i saw an article yesterday that was talking about uh where uh, some groups are uh, considering combining several ais to try to elicit better responses from them. And that was the, my, my thought immediately went to Colossus, the Foreman project. <laughs> yeah. Because well, yeah, that's Musk, what happened. 
Elon Musk and Zuckerberg have said, let's not, uh, they're, they're warning people about advancing AI right now. Mind you, they've made their money on it. So, hey, you, you know, <laughs> nice time to stop. But um, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see. And and I, was, I am really excited to see the prospects for what AI can do because applied to um, spinal care research, for example, mm-hmm. just imagine if you had an AI built into uh, an exosuit or something like that for somebody who um, whose spinal cord was damaged in a in an accident. Uh, I mean, that person could walk again. Just you know, the the, the possibilities are really phenomenal. Um, and uh, uh, you know, w- w- whether people are afraid of uh, you know what might transpire uh, if used improperly uh, versus the uh, the exciting you know positive possibilities you know it's it's an interesting future that we have before us i was just thinking when you mentioned that an exoskeleton a tv series that was only on for a year starring carl lumbly whom i'm sure you remember from the tv show alias and others mm-hmm. called mantis with m oh, i do remember that yeah right and this is someone who was basically crippled he was in a wheelchair but he wore this exosuit for as long as the power held out. Kind of like Iron Man, you know, if, if the thing that's powering his heart fails, he dies. If his exosuit, which gives him extra powers, fails, then he gets back in the wheelchair. I can, and let's go further back in time, Gene, see if you can remember a British marionation TV show called Joe 90, where a kid. Uh, puts on this helmet, and uh, basically, uh, an, uh, an AI computer is is interfaced with him, and becomes he becomes super intelligent and can do amazing things. Uh, you know that that was done, I think, in the '60s, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, the we're we're revisiting some of the stuff that's already been thought of for many many years. Well, look, they bring back TV shows that were canceled 40 years ago. My mother, the car. I'm waiting for my mother, the car. <laughs> Please, no, don't spare me. I mean, the, we had, what, Magnum P.I., and, of course, the original star wouldn't even get involved, even though he, for several years he was the next show on. <laughs> and they brought back Hawaii Five O for eight or nine years. And, of course, Quantum Leap is back. Is yeah. second incarnation. And and I will defend my mother the car because isn't Tesla really the same thing? <laughs> my Tesla the car. My Tesla the car. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's funny to- that the rebooting of his show actually becomes more successful, like Equalizer, where the lead character is now female, Queen Latifah, and then The Flash. The Flash lasted one season, but the new version, which is coming to an end this year, I think has gone on for nine seasons. So sometimes the successor is better. Plus, they brought back the original Flash and gave him a supporting role. So everybody's making money from this. That's the big thing in comic book stories, where you bring back an actor who played a comic book character in an earlier show, and it comes back as that person's father or something. More to come with Chris, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Pedicast. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Jose works on a farm. Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. I need a copy of my tax return. How do I get one? If you don't have a copy of your original tax return, you can get a transcript of your tax return for free from the IRS. A transcript shows most line items from your return, which is usually all you need. You can order a transcript of any return filed within the past three years, including Forms 1040, 1040A, and 1040EZ. All you need to do is go to irs.gov slash transcript to order your transcript today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Of course, Chris, when you see aliens in connection with UFO sightings or abductions, if you're seeing physically what's really going on, they could be AIs of some sort. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to remember, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was a science fiction author whose last name was Drake, um, and he had an interesting series where um, an alien ship does come to Earth, and uh, there's no aliens on board because it's all um, remotely piloted, uh, because, of course, it's uh, far too expensive and too dangerous for uh, physical beings to travel between the stars. So what we're seeing actually are uh, you know the, the the AIs on board the the craft visiting Earth and and interacting that way and then relaying the information back to uh, the home planet. So you know there it's certainly possible uh, that uh, that's what we're experiencing. It's also true that uh, in the UFO databases there's very very few uh, close encounters anymore. It used to be uh, that you know a close encounter of the first kind where a, Somebody sees a, a UFO at close range, and the second kind where the object seen at close range leaves behind some sort of physical evidence. Those cases are almost completely absent from ufology now. We don't have the uh, Alan Soul cases of things happening in lavender fields. We don't have you know, Delphos, Kansas rings. We don't have any of that. And uh, in terms of seeing a physical craft up close, you know, those are very, very rare now in UFO reports. The vast majority are simply lights in the sky. Um, and so the UFO characteristics themselves seem to have, have changed. And in terms of seeing entities other than contactees, the, you know, the, the uh, entities are almost absent. Close encounters of the third kind are almost absent from ufology. So ufology has... While it's going through a renaissance in terms of scientific uh, interest, it's also you know, gone through a radical change in that um, it's almost been, I don't know, uh, uh, reined in a little bit uh, in anticipation of the science uh, that's going to be applied to it. It's you know, very different, a very different type of thing that we're looking at now. It keeps its distance. Yes, it keeps its distance, right? Now, that's a very good way of putting it. But the the phenomena does seem to have patterns where it reinvents itself, so to speak. And uh, you know, you were talking about AI earlier. I mean, it would be interesting, you know, if you if you had that really you know great database to enter into it, to to see if if an AI could actually detect this pattern, to see if you know if if it is if the phenomena is cyclical, so to speak. Yeah, and one of the things that I'm doing right now, and because the Canadian UFO Survey, we only started in 1989, only 1989. That's <laughs> 34 years that we've been at this thing. Um, so we have 34 years of data. Before that, we don't have a really good, rigorous database. Uh, and I'm looking specifically at Canada right now, but we specifically don't have a rigorous database. But one of the things we're doing now uh, in ufology research and with my colleagues is we're retroactively filling in another database. Uh, before the Canadian UFO survey. Uh, so we're going back beyond 1989 to the 1940s, uh, the, beginning of the, uh, the beginning of the flying saucer era. And I think we already have a number of thousand 
cases in there, and we hope to uh, add many, many more. And we've gone back before 1947, of course, to include some cases um, as far back as, as, as the 1800s. We're not going to go back to the religious stuff of, of uh, you know, um, Ezekiel's wheel or stuff like that. We're looking for specific dates, specific times, uh, documented observations, that type of thing. So we'll probably go as far back into the 19, early 1900s and maybe a smidge earlier than that. But getting a database like that, um, you know, will certainly be useful for AI to compare stuff that's happened over the past 25 or 30 years, the stuff that's gone on before then, to try and find some of these patterns that you're talking about. I mentioned briefly the rebooting of characters before, and there was one series called Legends of Tomorrow based on DC mm -hmm. Comics, and one of the characters in there was Adam, about a guy who mm -hmm. develops this exosuit and makes himself real small, and the name of the character was Raymond Palmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was literally named after the guy from the sci-fi world who was some, I think, John Keel called him like the master or father of the UFO field, Ray Palmer. And that's how I got into ufology, by the way. Um, I was collect. I was getting into uh, the UFO thing in the 70s, trying to collect as much information as I could find. And uh, there were some UFO mags at the time, but not a lot. And uh, I looked at older issues of things, and uh, I found an issue uh, of flying saucers from outer space, mm. um, which uh, uh, was uh, a, a later title of the original uh, outer space um, pulp. And in one of those pulps, I found uh, an ad for a UFO group that was in my own city in the 1950s, and I found it was still around in the 1970s. And so pulps, uh, you know, some of those flying saucer pulps, and uh, oh, sorry, not flying, uh, not other space, flying saucers from other worlds, and it was other worlds science fiction magazine that uh, that this was in. So it was an actual uh, science fiction pulp, and other worlds was um, one of the uh, magazines that uh, Palmer uh, had, uh, uh, you know, included some of the. The, the Daros and the Taros and uh, the, you know, aliens within the Earth and that type of thing. But it was in the pages of Outer uh, Other Worlds Flying Saucers um, Pulps. The section was called Saucer Club News. Saucer Club News, absolutely. That's right. And Saucer Club News, courtesy of that, I found some announcements in Saucer Club News. And I met Alan Greenfield and Rick Hilberg and people like that, all through mm -hmm. that magazine, lifelong friends from yeah. Saucer Club And News. so the, the science fiction pulps, whether ufology wants to accept it or not, had its origin in, uh, in science fiction. And, uh, um, you know, this is how we, we got ufology today. In fact, um, I showed up, I, I went to the this... Uh, uh, this uh, uh, there was a science fiction club in town. Uh, that was that was what it was, and I went to the science fiction uh, fan club, and I explained who I was. I was you know into UFOs and flying saucers, and they refused at first to let me join hmm. because of course they were interested in science fiction as a literature, and flying saucers were merely. And they thought about it for a second, and they said, oh, yeah, I guess you can join. No problem at all. 
You know, there was a big thing about that in the 50s and 60s, and I'll tell you about that soon. With, But I'll, I'll give you part of it. There was a UFO researcher named Lee Munsick who came out with a UFO magazine, tried to put elements of sci-fi in there, and the really big sci-fi fans of that era, they rebelled. They didn't want that to happen. I'll also tell you another story about Ray Palmer, not the comic book character, but the sci-fi and UFO guy in our next segment with Gene, Chris, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. The Biden administration set to make an ambitious climate push by imposing new rules about cars. A traffic stop turned deadly yesterday afternoon in western Wisconsin, claiming the lives of two police officers. No word yet on what led the officers to be fatally shot, but authorities say an exchange of gunfire was involved and the suspect was later pronounced dead. Pope Francis presided over Easter Vigil Mass in St. Peter's Basilica after skipping some Holy Week ceremonies on doctor's orders. The Powerball jackpot growing after there was no grand prize winner in Saturday night's big drawing. It's now an estimated 192 million. The following night, the Mega Millions drawing up to 441 million. After months of speculation, Matthew McConaughey has finally been confirmed for his own Yellowstone spinoff series. Corey Myers, USA News. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your air. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 
$1,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, we're talking about the fact that Ray Palmer, as a result of a childhood accident, was very short. Like, I don't know, four foot seven, four foot eight, whatever it was. There is a photo around, which I will not share publicly. A 20-year-old guy from Brooklyn, New York, wearing a sport jacket, (laughs) standing next to Ray Palmer. I was 20. He was whatever age he was in 1965. And you see Palmer, you know, four foot nine, four foot whatever. And I'm six foot two, at least then, standing next to each other. There's a photo of that. So, yes, I knew Ray Palmer. Wow, that's a feather in your cap. And Richard Shaver, as a matter of fact. Wow. And Richard Shaver, of course, was the one who had penned a lot of the, uh, the Flying Saucer stuff. Yes, he did. But we go back quickly to Fate magazine, where a lot of this started. The first issue of Fate. In fact, the current publisher of Fate, Phyllis Galdi, is selling a reprint of the first issue. But on good paper, not on pulp paper, because it would have disintegrated Ooh. by now. And you see the first story, the headline is Kenneth Arnold's sighting. And the editor is listed as Robert N. Webster. And the reason we have Robert N. Webster is because Ray Palmer was still working for Ziff Davis and couldn't (laughs) say that he and his business partner, Kurt Fuller, had started another magazine, Fate. So he called himself Robert N. Webster. Wow. And, you know, when I went to the science fiction club, the, the club was run by a fellow who was part of First Fandom. He actually uh, uh, was personal friends with Forrest Ackerman um, and uh, a lot of the individuals in First Fandom and science fiction in the 1930s. And uh, I had an opportunity to interview Forrest Ackerman and uh, a few others when they came to town for Worldcon. Uh, and it was absolutely fascinating to hear these 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 guys talk about you know, what it was like in the really early days of science fiction and, and how it would, had uh, evolved uh, with time. And uh, I'm going to have to see if I can find a, a copy of that interview. I know there's a video of, of me interviewing Forrey Ackerman. Let me give you my Ackerman story then. Okay. Yes, you asked for it. Okay. Okay, so now I'm 18 years old, and Ackerman is editor of a magazine called Famous Monsters of Film. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And they put an announcement there. Hey, Forey Ackerman is going to travel around the country and he's going to get together with different readers for lunch. So invite your friends, send me a letter. 
as to why you think he should come to your home. And in my home in Brooklyn, New York, one fine day, half a dozen people came there to meet Fari Ackerman, who was wearing his Bela Lugosi ring, the Dracula ring. Yes. And so we spent like an hour or so. And my mom made a salad for everybody. And we spent an hour or so with Ackerman. I tape recorded the session. Don't ask me where that tape is. I mean, I had a complete, like a broadcast studio. This is where I was first thinking of getting into radio. And I set it up with multiple mics, a mixer, and two tape recorders. I'd interviewed Ray Palmer. And that we actually printed, but the original tape is no longer around. Nor is the interview I did with Richard Shaver. Nor the interview I did with Kurt and Mary Fuller. Wow. Well, there you go. And so we have something in, in common in that sense, that we both have interviewed Forey Ackerman. Right. I encountered him several times after that at different sessions. But he, I wish I could have seen his home in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, the museum. Oh, I, went, oh, I, I hope that somebody managed to preserve some of that. And just a plug, uh, when I interviewed Forey Ackerman, he was in Winnipeg for Worldcon. So that would have been nineteen. 19- 86, if I'm not mistaken. And Worldcon is in China uh, this year, in 2023. And any year that Worldcon is outside of North America, um, they have sort of an alternate Worldcon, NASFIC, in North America. NASFIC is in Winnipeg this year. So anybody who uh, wants to attend the the alternate Worldcon is going to be coming to Winnipeg, and I'll probably be attending that this year because you have to attend a Worldcon. I've been to a few. I've been to a few. I remember when Isaac Asimov used to give like keynote speeches, and he was a serious sci-fi writer and a funny guy to listen to. Nice, absolutely nice. And the other story, which doesn't mean anything. My wife, Barbara, used to take singing lessons from an instructor who worked with opera singers at an apartment complex in New York City where Isaac Asimov had lived at one time. Wow. This is the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or something. and Something you know, I like that. Bacon. I don't eat bacon, though, because I'm Jewish, so <laughs> I do. Actually, oh, I Passover. do. Happy yes, Passover, by the way. Thank you. There was a, someone said, this is a stupid joke. No, we don't want to say that one. <laughs> or, yeah, who goes there? Matzah, Passover. <laughs> Let's get back to serious stuff. Chris Rutkowski had been chasing the flying saucers for lo these many years. Are we ever going to solve anything? Nice to have, of course, chief astronomer from Harvard participating now are we going to get any answers in our lifetimes you know i i would like to think it's going to happen but i'm not sure it's uh you know we're going to get you know some answers but you know it depends on what you're looking for if the answer is are aliens you know out there for sure i don't think we're going to get that answer um if you're going to uh, ask, you know, is is the UFO phenomenon a real phenomenon? We might get that answer because, you know, there is some evidence that it's worth uh, taking a look at. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if, uh, uh, you know, that we did find something along those lines. 
Well, talking about Avi Loeb for a moment, we'd love to get him on the Paracast. We can talk to you about that later. But this thing he discovered, does he still think it's artificial? Yes, he is absolutely convinced that um, that the object uh, at the bottom of the ocean uh, off the coast of New Guinea is uh, is definitely uh, artificial. He's also convinced he's going to find it. Um, he also wants to, he is very clear to distance himself from ufology. Uh, the Galileo Project really has um, no direct connection with ufology. Uh, that may seem strange because, you know, it does have individuals on there who have some uh, background in ufology. Uh, I mean, Nick Pope is uh, is on there, for example, and a few others. But um, in terms of, you know, regular, what we think of as ufology, UFO sightings seen by people and that type of thing, it, the bulk of what Galileo Project is doing is developing methods by which we can record UAP in real time and analyze the data uh, in various ways and analyzing, you know, in terms of the physical stuff, you know, analyzing pieces of whatever is found. So there is a disconnect between the Galileo project and ufology. There's no question of that. But Avi is absolutely certain that he's going to find something and that, that what he's going to find is, is from uh, outer space from from uh, you know uh, from out there and is not a chunk of a asteroid or comet or whatever. It will be interesting to see what happens. Um, they're only a, a number of weeks away now from uh, going off on the uh, on the ship. They have a, a ship now that's uh, that has been hired and uh, they have a, a process. So they're basically going to be using a giant vacuum cleaner to vacuum up stuff from the bottom of the ocean and then sorted on board initially uh, on the ship uh, looking for artifacts uh, and then doing a, a greater sort on land. I will also look out for alien microbes. Well, <laughs> part of yes. my paranoid theory. We're going to get into a lot more discussions because Chris is, whether he knows it or not, going to hang with us for after the Paracast, but we've got more to come with Gene, Chris, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus.
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. I always like to be called the. The. Okay. And the guest is Para, and Tim is Cast. That's right, yeah. <laughs> cast away. They'd like to do that with me. Anyway, this sounds like something promising here, looking into extraterrestrial technology. Avi Loeb doesn't connect that to the sightings at all? That maybe what he's looking for is what's been flying around? Not really. As I say, there's a disconnect. There, There's some discussion at a very slight level regarding some of the, the cases. There's a lot of discussion of what's being said by Lou Elizondo and by, uh, you know, some of the other individuals, you know, in the, in the big lim- limelight right now. 
that, like you say, we're going to find out, you know, what uh, the AARO has to say. We're going to find out what the Pentagon is actually doing, even though we don't have the data yet. But in terms of what the Galileo project is doing, it's it's really something uh, in a parallel track to ufology. But I think that, you know, if anything, you know, is is discovered, uh, that you know something promising shows up, there will be a significant discourse. So, you know, the, the science uh, behind it is, and I think rightly so, I, I, you know, that there is a seems to be a disconnect between the science and the bulk of UFO fans, too. So I, I think because they don't want to enter into that conflict that they're, you know, they're saying, hey, we're doing our thing, we'll do our thing, you do your thing. And when we get together, it'll be to talk seriously about what's really going on. What about that group that NASA formed? Well, yes, except that they're even apart from the Galileo project, uh, that NASA is really just coming up with methodology for uh, trying to understand what's being happening in, in UFOs. They're actually not looking at UFO reports themselves. They're looking at the methodology. They're trying to better understand how to use NASA tech to try and understand what's going on. So it's you know doing uh, you know a separate track. Uh, effectively from what's going on. But you think NASA, a space agency, looking into UAPs? Yes, although what's going on in the Galileo Project, uh, I sat in on a presentation a couple of weeks ago um, that some of them have contracted with Planet Labs, which is uh, the, you know, the organization, the agency that collects all the satellite data and they've done things like tracked the the Chinese spy balloon from above and have found, uh, going back into all the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of images taken by satellites over the past several months, they've been able to find uh, images of the Chinese satellite from above. Um, so it was you know in there, but they actually had to use AI to tease out uh, where these images were, and they found uh, the the track of the satellite. So Planet Labs, which is not NASA, but certainly is you know uses some of the NASA equipment. But Planet Labs is a commercial venue, and you know they're doing a lot of UAP stuff right now, or contributing to UAP stuff right now. Going back uh, to what you were talking about, the uh, the the object under the uh, Pacific Ocean. Why does Avi think that uh, it could be of uh, possible interstellar origin? It goes back to the um, orbit that this thing was taking. And it's a, it was an interstellar orbit because it was a very parabolic, um, not coming in the way uh, um, most comets and, and asteroids do. So it's coming in on a really weird orbit. There's some suggestion that its shape was a bit odd. And... Um, that uh, you know, it, its composition uh, seemed a, a little unusual. So, based on that, he thinks that uh, it definitely was an interstellar object as opposed to anything else. And if something's coming in from interstellar space, and since then, by the way, they found a couple more uh, objects like that. So, if it's really coming in like that, it might be of interest. And as you somebody mentioned, I can't remember if it was you or uh, you or Gene, that you know maybe. You know, there might be some uh, molecules that we're not not expecting. Maybe there are some unusual metals on part of on that uh, thing before it broke apart, and maybe we'll find it. So it'll be a, a signature of what life is like in between the stars, uh, which we simply don't have much information on at all. So it'll be very valuable scientifically if he finds something, um, and he certainly is uh, convinced he's going to find something.
any idea if any of these objects, as well as uh, Amuamua, are coming from the same location in the sky? Well, that I don't know. I can't recall whether there was some discussion on that. Good question, but I, I don't know that one. You could certainly ask them next time you see them. Yes, absolutely. But the, we kind of have that pipe dream here that with all this exploration by scientists, something would come forward. Of course, that's the question of instant gratification. Unless yeah. there's a yeah. force that really wants us to know what it is, they can stay yes. out of the way, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, We have this expectation that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for proof that the aliens are here. And now that science is on board, maybe we'll get more answers because up until this point, uh, a lot of the technology and, and the scientific advances have not been on board. So, and of course, now with AI as well, you know, maybe, you know, this is the way that we can actually get some good data and some good information on what's really going on. Assuming it's not AI itself coming back through time. <laughs> Assuming that, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, with all the crazy things going on, you have to assume, because we don't have answers, but we can guess. That's true. We don't have the answers, but by gall, we, sh we sure can give some good questions, can't we? <laughs> oh, we're just asking questions here, folks. That's all about. We're going to end this segment soon, but let me ask you to kind of sum things up. Where do you expect to be with this quest five years from now do you think we'll have some solid answers i'm not saying next year i'm saying five years and i'm going to be conservative about it five years from now i think that um the pentagon will finally have released enough data that will be able to get an idea of what they're talking about i think that um avi Loeb and galileo project and maybe enigma and maybe a few others will have gotten enough data that there'll be some results coming from that but I think the UFO phenomenon is still going to be elusive. And I also think that UFOs or UAP are still going to be reported in significant numbers by people all around the world. And a quick answer here. We assume, even though there are some unknowns there, that most are explained conventionally. Absolutely. Most are explained. But, you know, even in the Canadian UFO survey, uh, we found... Uh, you know, between 2 and 10% and some years a little bit higher uh, don't seem to have obvious easy explanations. The United States Air Force itself in its uh, project, uh, Blue Book and Project Sign, found 18% were unexplained. So actually the Canadian UFO survey, we do a better job of explaining UFOs than the United States Air Force. Hey, tell our listeners if they want to know more of what Chris Rutkowski does. Where do they check you out? I'm all over social media, at Ufology Research. You can uh, search for that. I'm also uh, blogging at uh, uforum.blogspot.com. And uh, on Facebook, you can check me out. I'm a admin of the uh, Facebook group UFO Updates in honor of Earl Bruce Knapp. I asked, it used to be like a message system, but now all 27 billion people who our members of Facebook can check out what you guys are up to. I check out your posts regularly. You can find us on Twitter 
As long as Twitter lasts, and there's some suggestions, maybe it won't, uh, we have a section called The Paracast. You also can check us out on Facebook. We have The Paracast Fan Club and another place called The Paracast. And don't ask me how those things started up separately. And we can't put them together without killing one of them because of the vagaries of Facebook. It is not vague to say that we offer branded merchandise at theparacast.shop or theparacast.store. All those top-level domains we have now, paracast.shop, theparacast.store, and we offer the branded merchandise, the T-shirts and everything for your wearing pleasure. And for your listening pleasure, we have the Paracast Plus. Check out the Plus. We offer the After the Paracast podcast where Chris will return, and we offer this show free of the network ads with higher quality audio all for a low subscription price if you use the coupon code ufo20 ufo20 you get a 20 percent discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions to paracast plus at the paracast.plus the paracast.plus always a pleasure to have you on the show chris rutkowski thank you for joining us thank you Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>